the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is EdTech, episode 25, recorded Thursday, March 27th, 2014. The Amazing Disappearing Laptop. This is EdTech, the education focus show brought to you by the fine folks at Aviation. Hello, my name is Tim Albert. I'm your host. With us this month uh, is Mike Brandis. Mike is with Palm Beach Atlantic University. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. It's nice and sunny down here in Florida. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm in St. Louis, so yeah, not so much. Spring uh, spring has not quite made it to the, the beautiful metropolis of St. Louis, Missouri. So, uh, And uh, speaking of sunny and, um, you know, Bermuda shorts... Uh, Greg Brown is UCLA's <laughs> top tech manager. He's also the head of the Technology Managers Council and a fine, fine bear. How are you, sir? Just fine. Thank you very much. Go ahead. Uh, huh? <laughs> you you were telling you emailed me the other day and said, "Hey, I saw the neatest, coolest thing um, at University of Reno or Reno University." Yes. Oh, yes. I missed my cue, didn't you? I? Did that's all right. Oh, the joy of life, television. Yes, I um, I toured uh, University of Nevada a few okay. weeks ago, and um, which, oddly enough, lays claim also to the largest collection of uh, Burning Man memorabilia. They're oh, the closest okay. uh, major university to Burning Man, which is you know out there in the in the uh, Nevada desert, and they had an exhibit there and. You know, to the to the uninitiated, it, it it looked like just the world's largest collection of pictures of naked people in body paint. Um, nice. I'm I'm sure. I, yeah, I'm sure there was some sort of, you know, deep academic academic significance and and erudite purpose behind all of it. But it it looked like a lot of pictures of naked people in body paint. But I did come away with something <laughs> useful. Uh, toured the classrooms, and they do something I have not seen before. They leave out comment cards and these are on you know little little bound pads you know like you rip one off yeah. like a like a like a notepad sort of thing and it is a little card and it's says how is this room working for you our top priority is to make sure that technology in the classroom is working for you please let us know if you're having any problems or successes with technology in the classroom we would also appreciate hearing any suggestions you might have, and it's got name and date and building and email or phone, and basically um, lines for comments. Hmm. There it is right there. And it is just addressed with their mail stop, and you write a comment and you toss it in campus mail. And apparently it works really well for them, and they get a lot of... Um, Thought out comments. It's it's a way people tend to send things as opposed to the, you know, pick up the trouble phone or or dial in and you know start yelling at the first tech that picks up sort of thing. So um, I thought that was kind of neat. I had never seen that before, and uh, so that uh, that concludes show and tell day to t today on the EdTech podcast. Well, here's the thing: is is as a technology manager, is that something that you would 
that you personally would find value in? And, and then how do you get your higher ups to, you know, pay for pay for pads in every room? Uh, comments are handled by a group other than mine. And let's just, let's see, how do I not get more people pissed off at me? Let's just say we have uh, limited success with handling comments successfully. Okay, I, that's that's a nice way to put it. Uh, Mike, is this, because here's the thing, guys. I mean, I, I, I'm recently out of, out of being a technology manager. And so I can, I can you know, yeah, just kind of sit back here and go, that's a great idea. You guys should do that <laughs> because... Uh, well, it doesn't affect me anymore. Um, but he, I, I honestly think that that's something that I would I would like uh, at, at Lewis and Clark, where all right, I did work for a number of years. Uh, we have a good uh, um, uh, printing press and, and uh, a mail or a, a media uh, area that prints all sorts of things. That's something that right there is something that we could easily do uh, or they could easily do with limited amount of money. Uh, Mike, is that something that you would find value in, or, or how do you guys get? How does how does your uh, university get feedback? You know, of course, every um, AV rack has you know the steps and a troubleshooting number to call, but we don't get well thought out feedback. Uh, we just get, hey, the system doesn't work, or everything's down. <laughs> uh, but every time you try and solicit feedback on what we can improve, or minor tweaks on user interfaces on touch panels, or Workflow processes, you know, that's a huge benefit. And if it works and you get legitimate feedback, that would be great instead of just getting a bunch of, you know, stuff from people that are stupid comments or students get a hold of the pads and write out who knows what. Students would never do that. What are you talking about? No, <laughs> students are perfect angels who help pay our salary, so we're thankful for them. <laughs> they do. That's right. They do. I keep forgetting that. Um, that's, that's the that's the joy of being a research based university. You know, you you can tell them, man. Eh, you know, you don't really pay my salary anyway. <laughs> Jeez, never mind. That Christ, right there, that, we would. that right there is is why the the state of California is in trouble, folks. You know, just <laughs> just want to put that out there. Uh, right around ISC, we're we're moving on. By the way, to the articles. Right, right around ISC, uh, Extron came out with this great new. Switcher. It was the DTP Crosspoint 84. It was an all-in-one box. That's how they were. That's how they were positioning it. Uh, a number of people who who uh, write and, and cover Extronics, you know, extensively, were like, "This is the greatest thing since sliced bread." It's, it's finally Extron's foray into the all-in-one box. It's got video switching. It's got audio switching. It's got an amplifier. Then that was it. So. Me being the snarky blogger and, you know, uh, purveyor of information that I am, I wrote a blog post that said, not so fast. Uh, I stole a, a line from one of our childhood uh, television shows and said one of these things is not like the other, specifically uh, comparing the DTP to um, the DMPS and the Innova DVX. However, let it never be said that I will not give people props when they deserve it. Good on Extron. For actually coming out and saying, you know that thing that said that we didn't that that box that's, that we said didn't have a control system in it. Well, now it does. The DTP now has a built-in control processor. Um, and here's the thing: I I, I I actually wrote a blog post this week about that, saying, hey, you know what? You know, good for them. They they put a a, a control system in this box, which in my mind 
puts them in the same in the same camp. Now we can we can have a conversation about whether or not analog connections on the back of the box are important because if they are, then you need to consider another box. Um, in my initial blog post, I, I, I raised that point, and a number of design engineers uh, from different integration companies took issue with that. They said, you know what, in this day and age, when 99.9% .9 of, of the infrastructure is digital, you really don't need um, the analog connection on the box itself. You may need it remotely, and if that's the case, this box has you covered because uh, they've got you know their Extron's twisted pair um, little endpoints. You can put one that has uh, a 15-pin um, RGBHV, and you're good to go. Uh, so, uh, since Greg, since you're the closest to Anaheim, we'll, I guess we'll start with you. Uh, first of all, do you think this this does put um, Extron in in play for that all-in-one box uh, market, um, and and is adding a control system important? Uh, yes and yes. Um, I, I think this is a good move for them. Um, ideally it would have been nice if they'd had a year or two ago. Um, you know, one of their, it's, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. One of their, um, uh, claims to fame, I was, I was going to say issue, but that's not quite the word I want, was that, you know, the, the Extron model was, okay, you know, this box and this box, and now mm -hmm. we're going to add this box, and then I buy this box because I want to do this, and you combine all these boxes to get what you want, which is a, a, a beautiful and wonderful system for, for us technology geeks, um, but you have to be careful because it, it can lead you to some some reliability reliability issues, uh, all of that wiring. Um, it's also a lot harder to put all that stuff together. Um, a, a having having a single box that does everything you need is a wonderful thing for us if we can find it. It's a it's a little bit of a dangerous game to play, I think, for the manufacturers because you really need to come up with the box that everybody wants and the right combination of things. I think, you know, the DMPS from from Crestron is a is a brilliant box. It was largely what got us rolling out Crestron rooms for the first time here about two years ago. Yeah. Um, but I think this is a good move for Extron. I think, you know, they're 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 still playing a beat behind, but I think it looks like a well thought out box and I think it's a I think it's a good move for them. Yeah, I do, I do too. The, Mike, the one thing that, that Greg mentioned, the fact that, uh, and I, I actually agree with this, the, the fact that, that it feels like Extron is, is a beat behind. However, I don't know that that is on purpose or, or, or by design or is simply just kind of where they are in their, in their product cycle. Um, where do you think that, that they fall in line with people like Aurora and AMX and, and Crestron and, and people like that with when it comes to digital infrastructure and these all-in-one boxes. Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly they're behind. You know, they weren't first to market, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Uh, I remember when some of those other manufacturers' boxes came out, their first couple go-rounds were pretty unreliable. Um, so there's something to be said for waiting and, you know, testing the market waters. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're definitely behind, but I think this is – you know, a good step forward for me as a technology manager. It answers a lot of the questions I have, and you know, an all-in-one box that has 
more outputs than I'll ever need in case I need to add lecture capture or streaming or anything like that. You know, that's nice. Of course, I'm a little biased because when they announced it, I was at Extron's campus and they announced it to us attending the training um, before it hit the website. So uh-huh. it was kind of, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a great box, especially when, you know, you couple it with one of their new um, uh, professional touch panels that they're coming out with this summer. I think it could be a real winner, especially for someone like myself who hasn't already put any all-in-one boxes in. So I'm not tied down to a specific manufacturer in any of my room designs. So it could be a winner. Um as long as it doesn't have any, you know, issues when you go to roll it out, you know, it'll be it'll be a good move for them. Mike, did you come out here for the Extron class, or were you? No, I was at the class? one in in Raleigh. I did um, Anaheim two years ago. Did Raleigh this time. Any technology managers, if you are out here in Anaheim and have the time, you know, track me down and we'll uh, we'll give you the nickel tour if you're interested. Yeah, just just ask Extron where Greg lives, and they'll take you right to him. It was yeah. actually funny because I was talking with some of the Anaheim guys who flew east for the training, and they said they ran into Greg at the airport. You were at the, yeah, you were at the, yeah. That was the that was the strangest thing. I was at the uh, the airport there the other week, heading to uh, to uh, Fairfax to the uh, Infocom mothership, and um, and there are a couple of guys in line. Actually, the first guy I saw him like. I know him from somewhere in the AV industry, and it wasn't until the other guy turned around. It's like, oh, it's the guy's from Extron yeah. that I realized who I was handful of people behind in line. Very cool. All right, uh, from our friends over at Radio Publications. Actually, this is Sarah Abrams' work. Sarah's a fine writer and editor. Epson now holds 39% of the projector market share. Holy cow, seriously? Uh, I shouldn't be really surprised. Epson is a is a really good projector, um, and I was taken aback, I guess, by the number. Um, you you take a look at what kind of Epson does, and they've got their brighter futures program. Which, if you're not familiar with it, and you're a technology manager at an education, you need to be <laughs> because uh, their pricing on brighter futures, which is their education only pricing. Uh, is phenomenal. It, it, it really is quite good. Um, and I've not ran into anybody yet who can who can match it or beat it, uh, which is unfortunate for me now that I'm an integrator that you, you look at stuff like that and you look at 2700 lumens projector, a, a 3000 lumens projector, and you go in there and you're going in against an Epson with that Brighter Futures pricing, and it's, it's, eh, it, it, it's difficult. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so, Mike, on on this on the on the news that Epson is is kicking everybody else's tail. First of all, how do you think they do it, and, and are you surprised? Um, I'm not surprised. I'm a big buyer of Epson. We use a lot of them in our new designs, especially because of the um, Brighter Futures, uh, you know, discount. They're hands down one of the least expensive projectors on the market for us, especially at you know the output you get from them. Um, you know. Not at all surprised. We had a lot of Sanyo, then they kind of exited the marketplace, and you know, Epson was the the clear winner for us in that space. Now, for our more specialized applications, you know, we don't use Epson um, necessarily, but for our ubiquitous general run uh, run of the mill rooms, Epson's a real winner. Yeah. When uh, Matt Silverman, who was who was on this program for a very long time. Uh, he's also since moved on and is no longer a technology manager. 
Uh, he works for uh, for Crestron now. Speaking of the mothership, Greg, <laughs> um, and uh, he uh, when he was resistance is futile. Resistance is futile. Um, the blue clue laid will be passed out later. Uh, the uh, George Mason, he was a big Epson house as well, and actually he he is one of the people that that kind of got me in that in that vein. Uh, Greg, when it comes to Epson, is is are you are you, how do you think they got here? Was it was it strictly on price or was it you know, the price can only go so far if, if you're replacing bulbs every two months or it's just not quite there. You know, the, the technology is not or the, the technology or the quality is not quite there. Uh, yeah, it's really been a little bit of everything. I mean, we, we aren't a big uh, Epson user. We, we have a lot of Panasonics mainly because we started using the Panasonics for our, our big guns and sort of moved into the smaller projectors from that direction. Um but uh, yeah, Epson. You know, it's um, they they tend to just play on the lower market. Although they came out with some some brighter stuff here in the last year, that um, it'll be interesting to see how that um, how that does over the next couple of years. I actually might have a chance to to spec my first bright, you know, like a like a six or seven k uh, Epson here in the very near future, and I'm kind of interested in uh, in doing that. But you know, they've always built a. Uh, They've always built a reliable projector. They they aren't the first people you hear mentioned when, you know, you talk about buying bad projectors. Um, they've always been really competitive. Um, you know, the, the the lower half of the market, but um, you know, they've always been a big name there. You know, I think the other thing they've always been a, at least from my perspective, they've always had a really uh, a really good um, rep base. Um, mm. You know they have dedicated reps, and at least all of mine have been consistently very good. Um, you know they are also about to come out with um, uh, a brand new interactive projector. You know one of these project short throw projector that uh, uh, can project onto any surface, and yet you can write. It's it's got the uh, it's got the little uh, sensor and I think it's a little laser transmitter and you can you can write on the board just like the interactive projectors but without the damn pens. Oh wow! You can use your finger. Uh, it's something Smart has had for a couple of years, and Epson is uh, is coming out with one. Personally, I think Epson will probably eat their lunch. Um, you know I've. Still waiting for a reply from my uh, from my smart rep. I've I've got some people who are interested in taking a look at one of those projectors, and I'm still waiting to hear back from my smart rep. Meanwhile, I emailed my uh, my Epson rep, and two or three hours later, the answer was kind of like, "Yes, when would you like a demo?" <laughs> let, let me ask you a question though, because you you we've talked a little bit about reps before on this program, and I think everybody's experience mm -hmm. is a little different. When I was at Lewis and Clark, I never, I never had a rep, a projector rep, on campus, and and I don't know, I'm trying to think, I I, I don't know they ever had one call, um, so I couldn't tell you who the Midwest uh, rep uh, for Epson is for for education, um, you know, and so I, I think everybody's is different because that's one one t one group of technology that never really messed with. Uh, flyover country, I guess you know, with with the Midwest, from what I could tell, because even even my colleagues here in St. Louis, you know, the, the, at WashU and and St. Louis University and and, and other places um, in town, they've never really had a great relationship with the projector reps or the display reps. Now, 
uh, Extron, Crestron, AMX, you know, all, all these other uh, uh, switching houses and control manufacturers, they're all over, right? They're, they're everywhere up, up one side and down the other. Um, but for some reason, in, in, at least in, in the Midwest, St. Louis uh, region, projectors and, and display reps have never been that, uh, that prominent. So, mm. uh, yeah, I think it. I think it varies with the market, and I think it depends a lot on on the the company. You know, there are, you know, most projector reps. Yeah, we never hear from. Uh, we have a very good Panasonic rep. We have a very good Epson rep, and there are some folks with some other companies which are very good. And I, I, I guess these other companies are selling enough product, you know, without having to bother reaching out to all of these various companies. Um, it, it's also hard, you know, from their perspective, you know, who, who do they call up? They call up, you know, the purchasing person and really the last person that wants to talk to most of these these reps is a, is a higher ed purchasing person, you know, and finding finding the, the technology manager, the, the guy in the dimly lit office with all the crap <laughs> in the, with all the crap in the back is uh, is sometimes a little hard to find. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because then you have to go through, you know, phone trees and guess at different people's titles. That's uh, actually know. literally how a lot of people have found me. It's like, you know, I'm looking for somebody who does this. Yeah, that was one thing in in talking with uh, with Infocom this past uh, this past year was um, when I was in, in, involved in technology managers uh, was seeing what the actual title would be, right? Because in higher education. Technology manager kind of makes sense, you know, but some people take issue with the fact that that you know, so either they're not a manager or you know, um, technology is just one part of what they do. So you know, you're right when when it comes to doing cold calling um, to uh, to you know colleges and universities, that would be a little difficult. So, uh, all right, uh, from our fine friends over at uh, over at uh, AV Network. Six megatrends that tech managers cannot ignore in 2014. This is uh, written by Margaret Margot uh, Dewey. Uh, basically, here's here's the rundown, guys, and we'll ask you to add or uh, or subtract uh, from the list if you would. 4K, uh, which seems to be ever growing now that Crutchdown and, and Infocom are having a class. Uh, connectivity and convergence, video ubiquity, real time content. Value propositioning and B Y O E, which Margot says the E is everything. B bring your own everything. Uh, Greg, is there is there something that maybe you would like to add to to the list, or, or maybe something that that um, that uh, you know doesn't necessarily make sense for twenty fourteen? Yawn. Oh come on. Um. No, it's um. She, you know, she she started out with you know saying I love pretentious articles as much as the next reader. When when I first read it, I I I, I mistakenly read it as pretentious, which I don't know. I, I don't want to throw her under the bus. I I don't, Margo's a nice person. Leave her alone. I I don't know her personally. I I read her magazine and I love her writing, and she is a a wonderful and skilled technology writer. And, um, I, but yeah, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's the same sort of hype, you know, 4k, you know, so, are, are, is anybody doing anything with 4k in higher education? 
Um, Cue the crickets. Very select applications. Yeah, you know, it's it's part. it's very very niche. I don't and have a medical school here either, so that might have something to do with that. Yeah, and we're not we're not involved with the medical school here, so I I think that's going to be niche for an, another year or two at best, and you know I've I've got enough stuff to think about for the next year or two. Um, connectivity and convergence, yeah, that's going to continue. This is the point where I mentioned we have what is it, 34 IT departments yes. departments on campus. Uh, video ubiquity, yeah. Um, Real-time content, yeah, maybe, um, and bring your own everything. You know, we're we're still trying to get Wi-Fi every place um, here. So, yeah, you know, this 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 most of the stuff is still a couple years out. I think before it's it's a huge issue, but we're gonna start seeing it. All right. Is is that enough? Is you're, that enough? You're my uh, curmudgeon today, I guess. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it, have we have we filled the 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 curmudgeon uh, quota for the for the show yet? I think so. You're you're awful awful curmudgeony for somebody in Southern California, just so you know. <laughs> Did, I, you could have well, okay, never mind. I was gonna say, didn't they pass the legal marijuana? Or was that Cal no? That was Washington, so never mind. Colorado, Colorado, yeah. and yes. Washington, and, and Washington. So, uh, Mike, on this list here, this the six mega trends. Is there something maybe maybe to add to it that we need to pay uh, pay attention for 2014? I mean, if you want to be completely honest when we're talking about technology managers, some of us are still trying to catch up and get our systems digitally compliant. Well, there I mean, is that's that. a big one for me. I'm not worried about a lot of the things on these lists. For me right now, it's trying to get everything digitally compliant and then, you know, hopefully then go in and add streaming. I mean, certain universities are very behind the times. I'll lump, unfortunately, myself in there for missing the, you know, the curve on being ahead. So things like 4K... Yeah, that's that's a ways down the road for me to even think about, and a lot of the other things that are on here. I mean, we are seeing more um, convergence and things like that, but I feel like that's been evolving and been a must-have item on everyone's list for the past five years. So I don't really know what else you know to add to this list, or you know what I would take off of it necessarily. I'm just saying a lot of it doesn't apply to some smaller schools like mine. Well, let's talk about the the moving to digital though. I mean, you you mentioned the fact that you guys are still. Oh, moving do we there. have to? <laughs> you you kind of do though. I mean, here's the thing: not all of us are the University of Southern California, LA, you know, or the University of California, you, you Los Angeles. UCLA, you, USC is not ever same difference acronym to use. You're here. all bro brown brown bears or whatever you are. Um, um, ruins, ruins. Um, but here's the thing: you, not everybody has the 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 uh, the bankroll of. Uh, <laughs> let's just show that so Greg can. There we go. If you're watching on video, it is a Bruin eating a gator, because well, UCLA is playing the University of Florida. So. UCLA, home of a Sweet 16 men's basketball team. There you go. Florida, home of four in a row. There you go. All right. We'll <laughs> see. Won't we? Eventually, we're going to do a, a, an AV sports cast because you know, at one point in almost all of these it delves into sports uh, I'll, I'll if 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 we lose i'll wear my florida gators t-shirt next next show How's okay that? there we go that'll work um but not everybody has the bankroll of you know notre dame or, or pick whatever big major school you think has more money than than your university university so mike let, let's actually ask you this question since you brought it up 
what is your timeline? I mean, how what what is it that you're telling your staff and yourself, and then how do you sell that to, um, you know, the vice president and the president of your college to say, look, you know, look, I, I know the system is still working. Yes, it's it's functional, but it's all analog. So, and we need to move in in this direction. How do you how how is that sales pitch go? You know, it's um like every institution, regardless of your size, asking for money is always going to be an uphill battle. Um, so for us, it's picking our spots. Hey, we've got this application that really needs to go digital. Um, professors are calling for Blu-rays in the classroom. Um, starting to see more and more handheld devices supported, so iPods, um, well, not iPods, that's iPads, you know, iPhones, things like that, that really need digital transmission. And, you know, so we're you know, we're doing our best to catch up and trying to find, first of all, the money to outfit the classrooms is a challenge, and then trying to find a time where, you know, the classrooms aren't in use for a few days year-round is still a challenge for us. So we have to kind of really pick our spots and document our work and why it's necessary, and, you know, ultimately we don't want to be left holding the bag in 2015 when we place a, a computer order and they don't have VGA connections on them. You know, we don't want to be that university that's not ready and loses out on a lot of, you know, presentation material because we don't have systems that can support it. What what percentage of rooms you figure you've got right now, Mike, that are digitally capable? Uh, we have three rooms out of our hundred. So three percent. Oh. Yeah, right around there. I, I think that's three percent. Yes. Okay. So we're um you know we we're putting in proposals year after year. I think this year we're hoping to do about forty rooms. Wow. Um, so we'll see what gets approved, and if it does get approved, we've got our ducks in a row, our system designs done, um, everything ready to basically just cut a PO and get someone in here to help us install it. I, I thought our our paltry uh, fifteen percent was was uh, way behind the. Well, actually, I think it is fairly behind the curve compared to a lot of universities, but it's. It's it's good to find somebody else. Well, and I, w I would be interested actually, and, and this is my, maybe somebody maybe maybe Infocom has done this survey. Uh, I'd be interested to see exactly what the average percentage is. You know, uh, because yeah. what we, we've been talking about digital and, and the digital conversion for good lord, um, and, and that's probably why Greg said, "What do we have to?" Because we've been we've been talking <laughs> about digital since '06, '07. You know, when 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 HDMI cables started making their way into our uh, into our classrooms and then you know the whole digital sunset and, and all that jazz uh came down the pike um that that's about how long we've been we've been messing with this so seven eight years now uh, we've been talking about digital and analog um and i i would i i think i think people are are closer to you greg than you think you are than they you think they are because i would put forth that you've got places like ucla who has however many hundreds of rooms and and Mike 200. has 100 rooms. Uh, the community college I worked for had 180 rooms. Um, and I think that they are sitting at about 10% maybe that have digital infrastructure. And that's just been over the last two or three years, um, th those upgrades. So, All right, let us move on. Uh, from uh, folks over at SCN, speaking of, of digital and this, that, and the other, uh, from Kirsten Nelson, is the laptop disappearing from AV? Dun, dun, dun. B-Y-O-B, uh, indeed. Uh, or D. Bring your own device. Anyhow. Um, so, Greg, we'll kick it off with you on this. Is Are things like 
um, Crestron's Air Media, where you can stream to um, a device from your iPad or your cell phone or what have you, or Solstice is Immersive, where you can do the exact same thing. Um, things like the fact that you have an iPad, which is more powerful, probably than the 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 the, the, the desktop computer you had when you were in college, Mr. Brown, um, and probably much smaller than the one you had in, in college, Mr. Brown. Um, is the laptop going away? And if so, is it going to be replaced? Is it is it going to be replaced with a with a mobile device, or is it something else that we've just not thought of yet? I think when I was in college, my dad was still using his old Apple III. Wow. Um, I I like SCN. They're a great magazine. If they didn't discontinue my subscription every few years because they decide I'm not an integrator. Um, and make me Stop, this is not the place to, to yell at her for that. <clears throat> now we haven't tossed anybody under the bus. We were nice to Extron. We got to toss somebody under I the know. bus. I know. We were nice to Extron. Um, I think um, I, I think the mobile devices will replace laptops the way computers have replaced books. Okay. Oh wait, they haven't, have they? Um, I. They're they're going to get more powerful. They're going to get more ubiquitous. They are going to be a much brighter star in our AV system constellation every year for many years, um, and we're going to be dealing with them more regularly. I I don't see laptops going away anytime too soon. There's that that's a useful form factor. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get away from the full freaking keyboard and you know, a, a page size screen um, anytime soon. You know, unless they turn into something weird like with the, you know, the, the flexible sheet things we're seeing and stuff like that. Uh, the OLEDs. Give me OLEDs, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, Mike, where do you see uh, where do you see laptops in the next five or ten years? Are they still around or is something else going to replace them? Yeah, I think they're definitely going to be around, especially five years from now. I think what we're going to see moving, and I guess we're going to touch on it later, is the traditional rack-mounted desktop computer, I think that's going to go away first. Um, I will always take my laptop somewhere when I need to give a presentation. We, especially in higher ed, I have a lot of laptop users. Um, you know, some people out there in, in corporate technology managers might not have, you know, laptop users. They might be using their tablet or their, you know, mobile phone or whatnot. But a majority of our presenters are still using laptop technology. And I don't see that changing in the next five years. Maybe maybe 10 years down the road, who knows. But for the next five years, I'm fully anticipating people still using laptops heavily. I, I think it's funny the way we can, we can discuss uh, VGA connectors going away on laptops uh, one moment and then almost in the next breath start talking about the laptops themselves going away. But of course, you know, we've been talking about laptops going away for like the last six years, so I don't know why this year would be any different. You know, hasn't it been longer? Th well, I don't know. I remember the, the first time I saw an, an actual Microsoft tablet, and it was running XP, I believe, That's uh, how long ago it was, and, you know, the sucker was that thick, and, you know, it, you know, it was a big brick of a thing, but it was it was a nice, you know, it was a neat concept, I guess. Um, and it wasn't until the iPad that made that feasible, right? And it's the old story of, of, of Apple. They didn't make the first tablet, but they made them cool and then sexy and thin. And, um, 
useful, I guess, you know, um, made them popular. And, and so, you know, this is probably where some of that's coming from. Plus the fact that it's been around, um, for four, for four years now. Um, and you know, they are becoming, uh, people's replacements for laptops. Uh, not everybody's and there's, there's definitely use cases. Um, you know, there, until I start programming on a, on a tablet, I'm still always going to have a laptop. So, um, and don't, anybody out there get any ideas because I don't want to start programming on a freaking tablet <laughs> so I can't connect it you know that's that was one thing uh, but the if you've ever had this issue with uh, a, a db9 connector trying to get you know serial back into into something um uh, just be careful when you buy or upgrade to windows 8 because sometimes those usb to serials don't always convert well <clears throat> I learned that quickly um uh, finally here, uh, our buddy uh, Steve Greenblatt, uh, his company, Control Concepts, is asking very nicely uh, for technologies managers out there to take their survey. They're actually wanting to hear from you. Uh, if you go to their, their website, controlconcepts.net, and go to the bottom of it, it says, Choose to be heard, 2013 uh, tech managers speak, survey needs you. And if you click on it, it takes you dra- directly to a survey monkey. Um, survey and they're asking you know basically how you guys do your job what are some of the pain points um, and also uh, how programmers. can they help you hmm? programmers yes yeah I'm sorry control Com- concept is a, is a programmer uh, integrators consultants architects architects especially I hate architects Anyhow. I'm upsetting a lot of people right now aren't oh I? you're not upsetting anybody you keep saying that the only people that you upset is your boss you're just hitting all the highlights, Greg. Yes. <laughs> you know, this month we like extra, and they did something smart. You know. Hey, then, then, nice. hey, I, I give you the nice thing about piece, pissing people off. Yes. From your email, you know people are watching the show. That is true. So, so I know I'll, people I'll, are watching you because whenever the subject line is Greg Brown, I just. You know. <laughs> all right. Um, that's going to do it for this month, folks. Uh, Mike Brandis is uh, has been with us. Mike is uh, with Palm Beach Atlantic University. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, oh, Mike, um, how can people find you, um, your writings and your musings? Because you also have your own, your own website. Plus, you write for uh, the Red Band folks. Yeah, um, I'm at uh, mikebrandisav.com or on Twitter at mikebrandisav. Um, and then I occasionally contribute to redband.avshout.com. Uh, along with a bunch of other fantastic writers. So be sure to check it out and let us know what you like and be sure to let us know what you hate so you know we can keep doing it. And, uh, yeah. It is a motley crew. I'll just say that. The the Red Band boys and girls, actually, because he's gotten some, some female writers now. Uh, Greg Brown is the, uh, the chief muckety-muck um, technology manager extraordinaire at UCLA. Uh, he is also the head of the Technology Managers Council. Thank you, sir. Thank you. There will be another, uh, if you're a technology manager, look up uh, the Technology Managers Council on the Infocom website. Uh, the next meeting, it's going to be mid-April. I don't remember the date. I obviously came to this this uh, this show prepared. You always I? do, yes. Um, yeah, you know, why start now? Um, I also also blog over there for their Infocom All Voices blog and um, and their new um, their new writing and editing person has 
gotten me to commit to writing another blog here in the next few days. Wow. So I, I'll actually have another one sometime soon. Ms. Miller actually got you. Uh, well, I have tomorrow off, and I, I oh, didn't yeah. actually have anything planned other than sitting in front of the commu- computer and doing work-related email. So I figure I'll write another blog. So Nermina actually wrangled you and got you to write another one. Yes, she did. So, all right. Um, and, real quickly, Greg. Uh, in in all seriousness, if it, you know, I'm I'm I mentioned before that I'm no longer a technology manager. So there is, you know, there's not just my seat, but a number of empty seats at the at the table. So you know, make yourself be heard. It's a it's a good way to get involved in the community. It's a good way to get involved in Infocom. So, and th- you know, this year you get a free you get a free free uh, a free dinner. You know. Or lunch? What is it? Is it in the yeah? Afternoon? Yeah, we should we should uh, maybe toss that out. That's that's uh, we're gonna we're gonna do the uh, technology managers. Um, I I don't know what it's officially called this year. Uh, Mixer basically. There will be our our annual technology managers council meeting at the show. Mm-hmm. I believe it's Wednesday. Wednesday probably. I believe it's about three. Last year it was Wednesday. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then I believe the mixer is at five, usually like the room next door. So, uh, love you to join the council if you're a technology manager, and if you don't want to join the council, at least uh, show up and eat a bunch of hotel food and drink a bunch of alcohol with us, all for free if you're a technology manager. And in Vegas. Sponsored again by FSR this year. Excellent, excellent. There's another uh, gratuitous plug for a... Yeah, they're a good company. It's a good company. Yeah. Um, my name is Tim Albury. I'm I'm your host of this, but uh, but more importantly, uh, go by the website. Uh, don't follow me on Twitter. It's silly stuff. Uh, but uh, go by the website uh, avnation.tv. Avnation.tv. You'll find this program, uh, our control uh, and automation program called the State of Control, a brand new AV social with uh, Dan Newman, the uh, the dynamic duo of. Kelly Perkins and uh, A.V. Don interview Dan Newman about his new book. We have a new Live Life coming up, uh, a special we did with Draper, um, the A.V. Apps Show, uh, which is the best hair on podcasting in the history of the world because it's hosted by Matt Scott and Phil Cordell. So, no, not us, Greg, not us. It's it's them. They have the better hair. I wasn't thinking us. No, it wasn't us. I was, you know, I, I think, you know. You're, so yeah. for my age, I got damn good hair. Yes, you're pretty, but you know, not as pretty as Matt and Phil. So, uh, so uh, yeah, check that out if you would please. Hey, this, this, I, I, I won't, I won't embarrass her, but this bouquet from came from a beautiful young lady. So really, yeah. yes. I have never mind. There's a bunch of jokes I won't do there. Um, I'm, I'm sure there is. I'm surprised you guys didn't. Avnation.tv. Uh, Avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening and watching. This has been EdTech.